change your tone. Don't you threaten me, son. You got a lot of gold. We're gonna do things my way. I'm just 
Welcome back to Pump Grind and Rosé. And we are here today for our 22nd episode 22. of Pump Grind and Rosé. My name is Zach. I'm the production manager here at the Seacoast Rep. And as always, I'm joined by... Elise. I'm the company manager here. And Elise, we have a fun episode planned today. I'm excited. We kind of just whipped this one together. We did, but you know, it's something that we have, like, I can't believe we haven't thought of this before now because yes. it is so close and near and dear to our heart in so and many ways. shout out to Bump Grind and Rosé super fan, resident art, artist Jason Ferry. Yes, thanks, Jason. We looked at him last night and just said, Jason, what should we do tomorrow? <laughs> and he said, how about cult classics? So like, here we are. So we did it. You ask and you shall receive. At this point, if anyone gives a suge- suggestion for an episode. We will probably do we it. We will probably do it. Yeah. Just to get your requests in nice and early. I think um, from a creative standpoint, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, we have an <laughs> unlimited barrel. It's like Hermione's bag. We're just Ooh, always digging we do, out. We do have ideas. They just need to interlace together in like a certain way. You know what I mean? Elise could be like, Zach, let's do our episode of just about rocks next week. And me and Elise would talk for 90 minutes about boulders oh, and rocks and we'd have to have like a, <laughs> a a a whiskey with whiskey stones in it as our cocktail <laughs> look look at this already literally we're could spinning. be like we're doing an Woo! episode on cork boards and we're like got it oh some nice um <laughs> some cork barrel aged <laughs> cork barrels probably not a thing <laughs> Very, very leaky. Nice it's a porous wine, material. Because wine has a cork in it. Oh, that's just better. That's yeah. better. Or yes. we push, <laughs> like me in college, I would push the cork into the bottle because I didn't have a wine bottle opener when I wanted wine. So I just like yeah. push the wine cork in and that's, then pour it out. That's the way to do it. I know, but when well, you're in college. It probably doesn't do you... make a difference if you finish the bottle in one night and what college yeah. student actually doesn't finish the entire bottle right. of wine in one night. So, I mean, well, there you go. You just like. That's also true. Yeah. We just push the <laughs> cork into the bottle and then it's, you know, infused. Mm-hmm. It has extra flavor, you know? Yep. What on earth would we play for music for a cork themed episode? There has to be like a band name. Oh, it would cork. just be all Celtic. I was going to say it's all Celtic music. Oh, yeah. It's just Mark Marshall cork. Um, well, already top of the show, we are starting with the Shenans. If you're new to Bump Grind and Rose, it's a really an hour, an hour and a half of this, you know, just us bands. Yes, and our hour long radio show is routinely an hour 20. So buckle up. Here we go. So we always each week pick a theme, a vibe and pair it with a beverage and a playlist and games and banter to create an overall experience. experience. Radio experience. <laughs> just, what, how pretentious does that sound to be like, we create a radio experience. We create an experience for you. You're gesturing with a, a cream cheese cracker. I know. I at least gave me a cream cheese on a Ritz cracker and it's I can't eat it. veggie cream cheese on a Ritz. Highly recommend. I'm waiting for the next song snack. break to eat it because I don't. You don't, don't want to pull a me and just crunch and munch on, <laughs> on the microphone? Um, uh, maybe in a second. I'll let Elise describe the drink that we prepared today yeah while i munch on this cracker okay so i was thinking cult classics largely underrated by the general populace which is why they are a cult classic go ahead you can chew and so i was thinking you know what kind of uh, cocktail do we want to pair with that maybe something that is also largely underrated so i started googling largely underrated cocktails and in a list of i think four four lists that i found um, of bartenders' opinions on underrated cocktails, um, 
the the bamboo showed up about six times in four lists. So, you know, what else could we possibly go with but the bamboo? What is the bamboo, you might ask? It is an ounce and a half of dry sherry, an ounce and a half of dry vermouth, and a couple dashes each of Angostura and orange bitters. And if you want to get fancy, you can twist a little lime pe- or lemon peel in it. And I'm, I have to say, I am really enjoying this cocktail. I don't know if I know what any of those ingredients on their own That's great. taste like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sherry is a type of wine, and it's largely oh. used in like cooking. It's I was like going to say sherry wine. in the whiskey family, but it's definitely not. It's, right? No, it's a wine. <laughs> great. Yeah, and vermouth is typically used in martinis, mm-hmm. um, and then bitters are yep. bitters. Um, so, yeah, it kind of tastes like a nice herbal, like, tige alcoholic tea. Yes. An iced tea, which on a day like today, it's a little warm out. I think it's really a very satisfying cocktail. Uh-huh. It's not overly alcoholic because it's it's truly like some sherry. Yeah. Some wine I mean, and it's like a wine, vermouth. a wine cocktail. The are the highest alcohol content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's really good. I would I would recommend maybe you have all of those things bouncing around in your liquor cabinet, you know, from cooking a pasta dish 100 years ago. Excuse me, I just burped. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, you have those other things and you want to just like toss them together and try it out with us. It's uh, it's pretty good. And I am a prolific Dunkin' Donuts iced tea drinker. Yeah, so this is a good pairing for you. I would pour this into my iced tea. Straight into your iced tea. And then shake it up. Like you we'll have you, you actually have one here now. Maybe you need to. Just I'll try like it after the next. Down it a little bit and then top it up yes. with some uh, some bamboo. Here we go. Just so <laughs> we, it's the same color. So <laughs> so I have the history of the bamboo here and a little a little you know educational moments mm, that mm-hmm. we want to include. Um, yeah, lay it on me. Some say the bamboo cocktail was inspired by and named after Bob Cole's 1902 hit song "Under the Bamboo Tree." Cute. But the drink pre- predates the song by more than a decade. It could instead be that the popularity of this cocktail, which by 1900 commonly featured a cocktail on cocktail menus and was widely available as a bottled version, inspired the song. So it's a little chicken and the egg type thing. Which one came first? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the song mm-hmm. and the cocktail, or the cocktail, then the song. Um, and they think that it was created by a German bartender in San Francisco, which I think is the second time we've had a San Francisco themed beverage on the show. That feels correct. Yeah, <laughs> that feels right. Um, <laughs> so enjoy the making up your own bamboo and, you know, sip along with us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, we are going to come back. We, as always, have some games. We're going to be talking about all things called classic movies, specifically some shows will be in there, of course. The first song was Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, which is from the movie version of Little Shop of Horrors, um, sung by Levi Stubbs. Was mm-hmm. that his name? Stubb. Yes. Stubb? Stubb, yes. I think it's Stubb. And that, of course, is only in the movie version. And what a little bop of a song that is. I find it very boppable. <laughs> and and thus, and thus it made it onto our playlist. <laughs> and we'll be talking about in the next section about what makes up a cult classic. But Little Shop of Horrors certainly was originally a B-movie, black and white horror movie, quote unquote, right? Yeah. And then it turned into... A small group of people love uh, this thing. Yeah, and it a, into a glitz and glam diva trio. Um, people horror getting high musical off nitrous oxide. Sci-fi. 
And I think that it certainly qualifies as one of our cult classics. Mm-hmm. It's hugely popular now as a musical. Yes, but like, again, not by everyone. Right. So. It's a fave. All That's right. Great. So we're going to take it to one of my favorite songs on our playlist today. That yes. will certainly be one of the things we talk about at length. This is science fiction double feature from the Rocky Horror Show. Enjoy. Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still, but he told us where we stand and Flash Gordon was there in silver underwear Claude Rains was the invisible man Then something went wrong For Fay Ray and King Kong They got caught in a cellular jam Then at a deadly pace It came from outer space This is how the message ran
back to Bump Grind and Rosé. After Science Fiction Double Feature, we had Dead Girl Walking from Heathers, which we were just talking about. I've never seen the movie or the musical. It's um, it's really good. The movie is very different from the musical. The right. energy is so different. The movie's very, very dark. Um, and the musical has obviously a lot more fun. As you will find later on in our playlist, there's a very entertaining song. Um, the sentiment of which is like not really included in the movie at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's good. It's a, we were just talking about, we did that. Um, the Papa program did it a couple years ago at this, was it last year? Not last 20, year. Year before. So 2018. And it was great. It was really, really good. They did a really good job. It was well cast and really just very well executed. Yeah. Um, so it's fun. It's definitely like a niche, uh, a niche. I thing. think there's a theater. I forget which one in Concord that's uh, was auditioning for Heather's mm-hmm. recently, and mm-hmm. it's done all the time. I've just never seen it. Which is so fascinating. I mean, it is. It's a dark musical. I mean, like that song is pretty graphic, and it's uh-huh. uh, some graphic material. So, well, we... I don't know if there's. It's like a trend. I don't know if anyone's picked up on this. <laughs> dark but entertaining <laughs> is uh is the theme for well, cult classics cult. yeah <laughs> so i pulled up as we do often a little description of what makes up a cult classic mm-hmm. specifically in this case a cult classic film but could apply to theater or book, book or yeah. whatever mm-hmm. um so according to wikipedia a cult film or movie Um, is a film that has acquired a cult following. Duh. Cult films are known for their dedicated, passionate fan base, which forms an elaborate subculture that engage in repeated viewings, quoting dialogue and audience participation. Inclusive definitions allow for major studio productions, especially box office bombs, which I think is a big part is often these movies are commercial failures. Yes, when they first come out, it is truly a major bomb. (laughs) Right. Or they're made with such a low budget that they didn't, need to make any money they're so low right right the, the yeah cost. so even if they break even it was because their budget was like four dollars <laughs> well exclusive definitions focus more on obscure transgressive films shunned by the mainstream um so they're sometimes they're shunned out or sometimes they just fail and people attach to them the difficulty in defining the term and subjectivity of what qualifies as a cult film mirror classical Oh my gosh, this is too intense film nerd stuff. But the cult film itself was first used, the term itself was first used in the 1970s to describe a culture that surrounded underground films and midnight movies, though cult was common use in film analysis for decades prior to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they have here, uh, we have a list of, from Rolling Stone, the 25 most, 26, 25 most common Top, yeah, top cult films, according to Rolling Best Stone. Best cult movies of all time. Mm-hmm. So let's start from the top, maybe, and go down, or start from the bottom and I go I think we up. should work our way up, too. Great. Yeah. We don't need to talk about all of them, but if there's some that we have a particular connection to... We'll mention. Yes. So at the end of their list, 25 is one I don't know, Army of Darkness. I am not familiar. You know, it's... Um, um, that's what... Um, Evil Dead. Evil Dead is based on, yeah. Yeah, I just, um, I've never actually even seen Evil Dead. Um, I know, Andrew judges us real hard. (laughs) I've seen Army of Darkness. (laughs) 
Um, really, every time we do a movie one, Andrew's like, how do you not know? I know. This is my boomstick. <laughs> so this is this is part of that um, queue of movies. Does it have what's his face with the chainsaw on his arm? Yes. Great. Yes. Good. Again, dark material and entertaining. <laughs> One that many more of us might know, 23, <gasps> The yes. Princess Bride. Ah, uh, such a classic. I grew up watching this movie. I've probably seen it a hundred times. I think I've maybe seen it once when I was younger, but I don't remember. Oh, really I about it. really... <gasps> Is this the one that's like, I'm okay. So we were, no, we were talking about this. I think that this is going to have to be the movie that we review next week. (gasps) We had, so we had talked about this. We were going to try to pick a movie, watch it over the course of the week, encourage everyone else to watch it. And then we're going to review it as part of a bum grind and rise. This is it. I'm calling it right now. No other options on the table. Princess Bride. (laughs) So fairly review it. Like, I think I just our own. Well, personal I think this enjoyment. will actually be a very fair assessment because I have a deep nostalgic connection to it and would follow it off the cliffs of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm and relatively Zach, dumb. And Zach is pretty, um, uh, pretty new to it. So I think that that would be a really great um, meshing of perce- perspectives yes. on it. So if anybody wants to watch The Princess Bride in the coming week, we can all join in on a discussion next week. And this one, it says it opened to rave reviews. So unlike some of the definitions we were talking about, it wasn't necessarily a, a overall hated movie. And then it, yes, a small it's just, it is it. grown to be a ridiculously quoted. Yes. Um, people dress up as these characters and they are iconic and you recognize them immediately. And it's just really very cool. This next one is a musical, but is one that I don't know at all. Actually is repo, the genetic opera. Yes. I know people love that, but I've never listened to the music or... Um, I saw the movie once. It has um, the guy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, the the guy that... The older guy, the librarian. Uh-huh. Um, and then also, I think Paris Hilton makes a little cameo <laughs> in it, which is very, very interesting. But it's about... Um, uh, organs. You, yeah, you, you, um, you lose your rights to your organs if you owe debts. Dang, is that 2021? Is that yeah? I know. It feels like we're about to come full circle on that whole story. Their movie takes place in 2056, but but. yeah. The Um, movie is also like they don't like when I watch. I remember I didn't watch it for a long time, but like they don't set up the world for you at all. There's like no Uh, exposition. They just dive in, and you have to kind of figure figure it out. out. The world works as it goes. Uh, the next two are ones that, uh, one that I don't know, but one I know a little bit more. The Room with Tommy Wiseau. All I know is that... People like dress up as him and go to midnight showings. It's a whole... And they just made the movie with, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? A Franco. A Franco was him. James, James Franco? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was him in the movie. Is that the one where someone says, oh, hi, Mark? Yeah. Ah, Yes. <laughs> That's all I know. Oh, it's truly all I know about it. And it's because my fiance's name is Mark. <laughs> it's They had a $6 million budget to make this movie. And it <gasps> ranks high on the all-time worst movies list. Wow, that is embarrassing. It is so bad. People love it. <laughs> Next one. <gasps> ah, yes. This is some quality, quality <laughs> content right here. This is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes. Which is, if you don't know, is a rep classic. Oh, man. 
we bring her out every you know quarter. We shake her off, <laughs> blow the dust off of her. Yeah. Welcome back to our quarterly Hedwig. Uh, everyone, amen. All right, here we go. Um, it's just it's such an incredibly profound show. Yeah. It is emotional and it is jazzy and entertaining and fun and there's drag and there's um, rock music and we Nazis. do puppet shows and obviously that's just a, a brilliant addition here. But it's I laugh because I will cry if I don't. Oh God! Oh, it tugs at the heartstrings, <laughs> man. All right, I'm skipping down a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. Here's oh wait, it was, so we have let's just list them off rapid fire. Blade Runner. Yes. Clerks. Clerks. Blade Runner. Yes. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a classic. Which is great. Everyone, there was a breed of theater person in my high school that knew every word to. Oh, yeah. Wasn't, it was, (laughs) Andrew Andrew Cameron's raising his hand. (laughs) Yes. I know, I know quite a lot. And I was in spam a lot in high school and Mm -hmm. still just know my bits. You just know your, I was the coconut. Your mother is a hamster and your father smelled of elderberries. I was the guy who pops out with the, um, swallow carrying a coconut. And the, oh, amazing. Yeah. Yes. Fight <laughs> so club. Fight club. Classic. Blues brothers. Blues brothers. The warriors. I don't I know. don't know that one. Oh, All right. Well, crazy. we're getting judged again, everyone. Dazed and confused. Repo man. How is that different? <laughs> Than what? <laughs> than Repo the Genetic Rock Copper. Oh, this is about car repossession, it it's seems. Oh. Not organs. It's, uh, I think it's Emilio Estevez. I think I always just assumed that they yes. were about the same thing. Eraserhead. Don't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Donnie Darko. That's mm-hmm. a classic. All I'm, I know is that there's a bunny in it. And, and it's Mad World. Looking. Mad World. Mm-hmm. That's a Phantom of the Paradise. I don't know that either. The Evil Dead. Aha, there we go. That's uh, one that you know? No. Great. <laughs> I recognize the name though. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Harold and Maude. Mm-hmm, Clockwork mm-hmm. Orange. I know that movie. All I know is the eyeballs. And oh. my coworker Amanda, who I used to work with at Starbucks, dressed up as the guy and and did crazy eyelashes to represent her eye being open really far. Well, it's crazy. crazy it is true. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yes, that's a good one. This is Spinal Tap. Oh, so wild, so weird. The Big Lebowski mm-hmm, is number mm-hmm. two. I do want to do a show at some point where we have to justify drinking a white Russian. Yeah, as long as it's like almond milk. Non-dairy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. I will make sure. I promise. We I don't want you to poop yourself on poo poo everywhere yeah. or on <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> and number okay. one, ah, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yay! Wow, 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 wow! If you don't know, I am obsessed with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. As I think, you well, that's both the whole point. Well. It's cult. Yes. I, I have vivid memories of being like 15 or 16. I don't know. I was very young in high school coming to the Seacoast Repertory Theater from where I lived in Brentwood dressed in like, I don't know, lingerie, <laughs> but with like 15 year old self-conscious lingerie. teen items over it. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and coming with my friends and watching the show and just being blown away. Very me, weird. Me and my best friend Maggie, we have made our quest to up our outfits every time your costume game is unparalleled rocky is the is the super bowl yeah of it yeah like, yeah madhouse yeah. and madhouse is through the year madhouse like you know and games shows. and like yeah. we got to do it but rocky horror is the mm-hmm. the pinnacle of what we try to aim for all year you really are it's something to be admired yeah the christmas spirit yeah so <laughs> this is we'll be coming back to rocky horror uh, throughout the show but as it's my favorite 
Oh, of course. So. Well, I mean, I, when you think of cult classics, I think Rocky Horror is one of the very top. Obviously, on this list, it is number one. But And it says, this low-budget 1975, and I always forget that it came out in the 70s, mm-hmm. thinking about what it says and what it stands for as yeah. a movie in the 70s is for very... Sure. Uh, it film tanked when it came out, but the following year, New York theater started showing it at midnight within months of fiercely devoted cult following, seeing it over and over dressing up like the characters and singing along to the songs. The tradition continues today, the, though the movement peaked in the 80s and 90s. Like many cult movies, there's a quasi sequel that fails to live up to the. There's a sequel. I did not know that. It's called Shock Treatment. That fails to live up to the original or even come close. I don't want to watch that. No, I don't know if I would be able to handle that. I don't no. know. Is Tim Curry in it? I um, so. so I actually found this thing. Um, it's like a Tumblr series of posts, um, and I'd like to just read it because I find that it's very, very interesting about the. Um, importance of some of these movies uh-huh. and why they have a cult following so particularly. Um, but someone posts, Rocky Horror is the worst and is also trans-misogynistic. Can we please finally get over this shit movie? Ooh. And someone immediately counters and says, okay, but like the writer is transgender non-binary and the language used in the play was the preferred language by trans people of that time. Can we not deny parts of our history because we've evolved since then? Thanks. Which I think is very valid and important. And I didn't mm-hmm. realize that the writer was trans uh-huh. and non-binary. It's very fascinating. Um, and then someone really lays down the law. So... They say, youth of today, you'll be saying the same damn thing about art from this time, from this time before too long, for good or for ill. Terminology will, in fact, change. Definitions will, in fact, shift. It always does. They always do. It is pretty much impossible to overstate how life-alteringly important this movie was to kids who didn't conform to standard expectations of gender and sexuality back in the day, especially when back in the day was the mid to late 80s when the only queers you saw on TV were neutered AIDS tragedies. For a lot of people... Oh, neutered age tragedies for a lot of people. I was one of them. Rocky Horror was a lifeline. Y'all have no idea how isolated we were before the internet, before mobile phones. Imagine never having an unsupervised conversation with your friends. Literally never. You were at school or you were on the landline in the same room with your parents. Imagine never having access to reading material that wasn't mainstream published. Imagine never seeing a video that wasn't network TV or Hollywood. Imagine every single bit of information you had access to being thoroughly filtered and vetted by the majority mainstream. Imagine all this under Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher and the USSR and a divided Germany, the Cold War still threatening to go. Something got missed up here. Sorry. Beep, beep, burp, burp, burp. The Cold War is still threatening to go nuclear nuclear and violent religious extremists rising to the, in the Middle East, a bunch of dirty little wars festering in Central and South America, China gutting Mongolia, North Korea defiantly starving to death. It felt like the literal end of the world and you were completely alone. And then there was this cultural phenomenon, this unapologetically senseless movie, morbid and silly and full of gender weird and catchy songs and cheesy tropes. 
The places that did the midnight showings were financially unimportant, out of the way, under the radar, and it was safe to be weird there. You could convince your parents to let you go because you'd be in a group. And since it was at the theater or cultural college cultural center, they know you wouldn't be drinking and doing drugs and having sex. And you were technically under adult supervision. But the theater employees were generally college students and didn't give a fuck as long as you didn't wreck the place or get arrested. You could dress up. You could be loud. You could play with gender. You could camp it up and let your hair down. You could be free. And for just one night of the week, you could forget that it was the end of the world. I went to a very... Oh, this is so long. I'm so sorry. But basically, I just think it's so fascinating. Like, Mm -hmm. being able to kiss your girlfriend in the middle of a crowd and not be attacked. It was corsets and D-mabs and three-piece suits on D-fabs. And everything was queered right there on stage in living color. It was amazing. And then... Every generation forges the media it needs at the time, which I think is so profound. <laughs> ah, yes. I'm going to cry. Yes. I think that Rocky Horror, and I, we talked about this in the Pride episode, is um, the language, the word transgender wasn't even, was created for, by academics, was created by folks in a college setting mm-hmm. that studied it and came up with this term. And for a long time, Back in the first Pride, a lot of folks that would probably call themselves trans had they had the language called themselves drag queens, right? And right. use that it was the only language to define as close as they could get to that experience. And through time and through revolution and through movement and through change, more accurate terms have been created and there's more space for more people and feeling comfortable in your own language and term. And some folks say, fuck all the terms. Like, I don't want any of those. Sure. Um, but being able to find that. But I think exactly what this poster was talking about is this is so unapologetically like queer and saying, here you are, you do it, come as you are, come as whoever you like, or however you sue yourself that you can't be outside. Right. And that's right. Unreal. And it's completely acceptable and approved to be any of these things. And everyone right. celebrates it. It's yeah. not even just that it's like, ignored and you can kind of just like Uh exist it is celebrated like there are costume contests and the more ridiculous you may appear as far as like standard society views Uh dressing norms like the more ridiculous quote-unquote you are like the more celebrated you are which is just so i think it's a huge part of why it's so so wildly celebrated and supported and loved despite maybe Mm -hmm. using a lot of outdated terminology because it is still to this day Mm. a warm and fuzzy place for people to go and feel good about who they are. And I looked it up. Richard O'Brien personally identifies as non-binary or figuring out gender has been a lifelong Mm -hmm. quest for him and figuring out um, using the language himself and saying in some hardwired way or another, I feel like I'm in between. So like some yeah. kind of um, flex. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to come back and talk a lot more about Rocky horror in the next segment. So <laughs> let's take it to one of our, another one of our favorite cult classic films. Um, this is sugar daddy from Hedwig and the angry inch. I've got a sweet tooth, licorice drops and jelly rolls. Hey, 
sugar daddy Hansel needs some sugar in his bowl I'll lay out fine shine on the linen and polish up the chrome If you've got some sugar for me Sugar daddy, bring it home Blackstrap molasses You're my orange blossom, honey bear Bring me the sachet blue jeans Black designer underwear We'll dress up like the disco Dancing jet set in Milan and Rome If you've got some sugar for me Sugar daddy, bring it home Just a minute, Paul. It is ignorant, hateful talk like yours that makes this world a place our boys could not live in. They were not dirty. They were not wrong. They were too lonely. Verses in 
the Lord's great song. Our boys were pansies, Bill. Yes! My boys are homosexual, and that don't scare me none. I want the world to know. I love my dead gay son. I've been thinking, praying, reading some magazines, and it's time we opened our eyes. Well, the good Lord made the universe, the Lord created man, and I believe it's all a part of his gigantic plan. I know God has a reason for each mountain and each flower, and why he chose to let our boys get busy in the shower. Much until I read me one, but now I've learned to love. I love my dead gay son. Now I see my boys in heaven, and he's tanning by the pool. The cherubim walk him and him, and Jesus says it's cool. They don't have crime or hatred, there's no bigotry or cursing, just friendly fellows dressed up like their favorite village person. Two bright red ribbons in the Lord's wrong hair. Well, I used to see a homo and go reaching for my gun, but now I've learned to love. And furthermore, these boys were brave as hell. These boys, they knew damn well. Those folks would judge them, they were desperate to be free. They took a rebel stance, stripped to their underpants. Paul, I can't believe that you still refuse to get a clue. After all, in the summer of 83. That was one hell of a fishing trip. Judy Garland sings They live a playful afterlife That's fancy free and reckless They swing upon the pearly gates And wear a pearly necklace They were not dirty No, they were good men And now they're happy Bear comes in the Lord's big den Go forth and love each other now Like cowboys would have done We'll teach the world My dead gay son, my son, my son, dead gay son. Welcome back to Bump Grind and Rose. Mm. We hope you're here for we really should have just called this the Rocky Horror Cast, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But all cult classics as we I think we can touch on some stuff. Yes. For instance, I have a personal connection to the movie Equilibrium, originally yeah. made for the Sci-Fi Channel with like, like what we said, four dollars. Yep. Um, starring um, Christian Bale. Really. And it also has. I hate this. Tay Diggs. <laughs> really. Yes, it has Tay Diggs in movie. it. Um, and it's incredibly brilliant. I don't, 
there's a movie out recently with Kristen Stewart, and I think it's called Equals. And it's a very, very similar concept. But been there, done that, baby cakes. You're not doing anything original because they did this on the sci-fi channel. Like, I don't know. It was early 2000s, I think. Um, what is equilibrium So about? basically, it's about a futuristic society <laughs> that they've determined that like war and bad juju and murder and crime are all stemming directly from human emotions. So uh-huh. everyone takes basically a sedative every single day as a society um, to eliminate. And they've burned all of the music and the movies and the art. And everyone wears like simple monochromatic outfits and they, you know, raise children, but it's very uh, perfunctory. Uh-huh, and, uh-huh. But it's so good. And there's a trunk full of puppies at one point. Um, <laughs> so highly recommend. Very, very underrated. Not super hugely well known. Uh-huh. Totally amazing. So it's basically America in 2021 is what you're saying? Yes. It's, isn't it, is it, and am I just inferring this or did I actually reason that it is also like loosely inspired by Fahrenheit 451? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I think any of those any of those movies or any sort of media or literature or whatever stems in like some a, way from Fahrenheit 451. It follows like the exact same uh-huh. arc of like, yeah. this guy that's this, and then he decides he wants to do that instead, and it directly affects him this way. And then <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's definitely, but it is, I mean, it's very good. It's very good. I so. feel uh, like there's a connection, a type of movie that's trying to become, purposely trying to become a cult classic in the creation of it. I think about like those movies, Sharknado, for example, or something where it's a shark tornado. Maybe if it's bad enough, people will feel bad for us. And then they'll secretly love it after they watch it enough times. It's intentionally trying to be so bad that people love it. Well, no. So I think in this circumstance, like Equilibrium definitely doesn't fit into that category. Like Mm -hmm. they were unfortunately not allotted a ton of money. Right. But it becomes... Like out of out of need mm-hmm. stems the most beautiful creativity, and we should do a whole like separate like episode. The, the rep motto <laughs> on like um, camp, like things that are campy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, 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 I think yeah, yeah. the thing I love about camp is that it's somebody who's there's such a genuine quality mm-hmm. to the person or thing that is camp that is extra and extravagant and all of this. Yeah, but it's not contrived. It's not like. <laughs> I'm so funny. Like mm-hmm. there, there's like a genuine quality well, of whatever. The whole interior design concept of maximalism mm-hmm. as opposed to minimalism. Right. And it's not my taste, but I fully respect it because uh-huh. people just go out. And you th- see like Brad and Janet and Rocky horror. And I see pure camp, right? True. Two beings that are so, Oh my God. What? <laughs> right. It's like two <laughs> people that are pushed to, <laughs> Pushed to 12 out of 10. Yes. And, but they're just genuine. This is their genuinely, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's what makes it, for me at least, camp. And I, and I love that. Yeah. So speaking of Rocky Horror, we have a little bit of a trivia quiz. We're going to test me and Elise's knowledge of (gasps) Rocky Horror. If we Here it is. So the Rocky, this is the Rocky Horror Picture Show has been a cult classic since 1975. It's so iconic that it's created its own subculture. Do you think we can beat their sweet quiz? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. We have a bunch of questions. And between the the two of us and Andrew, we can beat this Rocky Horror Quiz. So let's jump to the left and time warp to 1975 to take the Rocky Horror Picture Show quiz. The Rocky Horror Picture Show opens with a wedding. 
A plucky yet shy guy named Brad takes his lovely lady to see their friends get hitched. What's the girl's name? Oh, man. Who's getting married? This is going to be a Jane, joke. Janet, Joanne, Joyce. <laughs> hmm. I thought was asking, like, uh, that's a later scene about her friend that just got married. Oh, oh see, how, that would be some shit. tough quiz. Uh, I'm yeah. going to go with uh, Janet for 200. <laughs> Janet for 200. Vice. Vice? Vice. 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 Okay, they're all red. Okay. Vice. Vice. Great. The two lovebirds are off as the Rocky Horror Picture Show goes on. Um, but a bump in the road occurs for the two. What happens to their car? It's <laughs> a great question. Isn't there some contest in the script about what yeah. actually it is? <laughs> it did, the engine stopped working. The tire blows out. They hit another car. They hit a tree. I think it's tire blowout, the right? The tire. Yeah, a tire blowout. But later, our car broke down. It was a tire. It was a flat tire. Yeah, asshole. see, that's the thing. In the script, you would say that the engine stops working, but then in the scene itself, their tire blows out. So right. like, nah. The Rocky Horror Picture Show itself is told by a criminologist reading a report on the Denton affair, which took place in what state? Oh, see, this is interesting. I don't know if I know this. I think Denton, Ohio. Okay. I don't know if I know that from the show or just because I think the city because of Denton, Denton is Denton in Ohio. Denton is in Ohio. Let's go for it. We'll see. <laughs> Florida, Minnesota, Ohio. They're getting Texas, harder. It's definitely not any of those other Yeah. The couple gets to the castle after they are stopped, only to meet someone color, some colorful characters. Who is the first to greet the couple? Riff Raff! From the door. It's like, you've <laughs> come on a... You rang. You came on a very important night. For the master is throwing one of his parties. <laughs> Yay. The Rocky Horror Picture Show would, of course, be nothing without the iconic performance of Tim Curry, for whom the film was his debut on the silver screen. What a film... To have be your first film. <laughs> it's, it's true or false, though. So we have to guess, Is this was this his first oh, oh, oh. film oh. or not? It. Was this his first film? See, most? I laughed at the beginning, but these are getting very, very much harder. This is, I'm proud of I this. It was either. Was it something like it a, Harrison already... Ford, where he was a carpenter and um, <laughs> the... The Han Solo character was like literally his first role. It wasn't. It wasn't? He was in American Graffiti well before that. That was his first role. <sighs> oh, he didn't get famous until no, Han Solo. But that's the thing. I, yeah. I remember if it's that Tim Curry was like a relatively regionally famous like stage actor and this was his first movie gig. Uh-huh. I don't think this was let's his say, first. You don't want to say false? Yeah. Great. Oh, I, I don't know. I regret that immediately, but let's move on. The titular Rocky is first seen after Frankenfurter cuts to the chase with our couple. Who is the mysterious Rocky? Uh, Columbia's ex-lover, Frankenfurter's creation, the name of the other castle. A random groupie. <laughs> Frankenfurter's creation. To the lab. Also, I there's a picture here of them and like, who is this? The, the, He's... He's got a 16 pack, I'm pretty sure. Yes. <laughs> I forgot that he was that ripped he is, in the movie. Oh, yeah. Ripley. Um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show culture has developed many rules, including defining what props can be can people bring to the screenings, from bread to magazine. This I is think true. each yeah, each theater probably dictates what is allowed in. We allow zero props. We <laughs> <laughs> like, can go in Boston, they used to hand out Packages yes, door. when I went to see a Rocky Horror at Winnipesaukee Theater, mm -hmm. the Playhouse, they gave us like a little bag. As oh, see, that's in. really cute. There's a squirt gun and some toilet paper. Yes, like and they had like, don't point the squirt gun at the lights. Point. I feel like it would just be like a bag of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> no, Go have fun, you crazy condoms. kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just a blown up condo. Inspiration mm. for the Rocky Horror Picture Show came from the oddest places. What was the song I Can Make You a Man inspired by? 50s, 60s workout videos, Child Atlas muscle ads, Playboy magazine, and stag ads. They do say in this lyrics, yeah, uh, Charles Atlas. I want to say Charles Atlas because of that, but like. Let's go for it. The workout videos were a huge, huge. thing at that point. Yeah. They do. He's all greased up in this photo. Oh, he's, yeah, he's glistening. My, my. Let's say Charles Atlas. Okay, we'll go for it. The poster for the Rocky Horror Picture Show featured the iconic lips of Lorelai Shark. True or false? I don't know if that's her name. True. I don't know if her lips are iconic. They definitely are. I bought a t-shirt with those. They're not Tim Curry's, which I always wanted them to be. They're a little darker, I guess. Yeah. Let's say true. Okay. Dr. Furter's lab is a bit messy, especially since along with chemical symbols, he has written on the wall what's on that list. Oh, this is a little harder one. Two hypodermic needles, eggs, flour, all three. I think it's all three. I think it's all three as well. <laughs> they have. I want to go back to the movie now and see that. Yeah. On the wall. Many accidents happened on the set of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, including Dr. Scott getting dragged into the laboratory via electromagnets through a wall because they forgot to put in a door. Oh, my God. I think that's true. It is in his wheelchair. And I think like, so, ah. yeah. <laughs> it had to be a really strong magnet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Dr. Scott, how did he know our featured couple? He's Brad's uncle? No. No, science, science teacher. teacher. It's definitely Ohio. That's how we know. Yeah. Ohio. He's uh, like, when we met in his science exam, it, damn it. Like that. Uh, um, I think you've seen the show more times than me. I don't actually sit and watch it most <laughs> of the time. Well, this is rough because it's like picking apart backstory of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Seen the musical a bunch of times. Right. Yes. Um, it's amazing how quickly movie magic can happen. How many weeks did it take for Rocky Horror Picture Show to be shot? I think it's like eight weeks. Eight, yeah. Four, we have options are four, six, eight, and ten. Let's say was, eight. Is I think a good it was option. really super C. fast. Option C is always correct. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> when in doubt. Dr. Scott really needs to, really seems to know something about Frankenfurter is, oh gosh. Dr. Scott seems to know something about Frankenfurter is fishy. What is Dr. Sc- oh my gosh. What is Dr. Furter really? <laughs> I want to die. An extraterrestrial. <laughs> an alien. An extraterrestrial, an incubus, a vampire, a werewolf. I'm going to go extraterrestrial. Yes. I feel reasonably confident about that one. <laughs> We're approaching the end here. Okay. What number was added to the Rocky Horror Picture Show in hopes of inventing a new dance craze? Over there at Frankenstein Place, Sword Damocles, Time Warp. Time Warp. No. When they give you a the instructions take- to the dance. <laughs> a jump to the left. And then attempt to the right. Yes. Hands on your hips. <laughs> on the note of changes made in production, Tim Curry once mentioned how Frankenfurter was originally supposed to have a French accent. I believe it. He says a little like enchanté. Like he's wearing pearls and like yeah, big red lips. It's kind of almost like British. Yeah. As it is, I feel it. Yeah. Special effects have come a long way. How did the house fly at the end of Rocky Horror Picture Show? I believe it's that our options are animation, a cardboard model, Trixie editing, none of these. Looks like it's like probably like um cardboard model. Something like um fly like a piece of paper. They like <laughs> like a, Oh, so Trixie editing? Maybe. 
Trixie editing cardboard. I'm just like wondering if there are listeners that are like very familiar. And they're screaming in their cars right now. That are, yeah, that are like freaking out because we're like, nah, I don't Let's know. say none of these. Okay. Many they people. Blew it up. <laughs> many people love the Rocky Horror Picture Show, including shockingly Princess Diana. I didn't know this. So much that Her Royal Highness asked to meet Tim Curry at one point to discuss the film. I would be shocked, but I feel like, you know, she wore her like revenge dress. She's got a kinky side. I think she loved it. I think she loved it. <laughs> Watch, we're going to get like How many? Oh, we 10%. Have two more. <laughs> we have one more, two more, two, two more. Sir Tim Curry. Yeah, I don't know. Frankenfurter is certainly not from around here. Where is he from? According to the song, Sweet Transvestite. Bavaria, Bohemia, Scania, and Transylvania. Hmm. Transylvania. <laughs> Transsexual in the planet Transylvania. Oh, look at this audience. Wow. The Rocky That's Horror Picture costumes. Show failed, init- failed initial theatrical release and led to the showing time of 11 p.m., which eventually led to its success. I think it's midnight, not 11 p.m. There's no 11 p.m. shows of Rocky. I think they're talking about the, the original like, movie. Yeah. Like, it probably got bumped to the latest showings in the theaters. Uh, so I feel like... True. That's probably true. All right, let's see how we did. Throw oh, on a corset. Oh, I'm nervous. We got 14 out of 20 correct. So this, the one we just did at 11 p.m. was false. Oh, it's actually you, false. You're, you're right, probably it's 12. Yeah. Um, correct, Transylvania. Correct, Princess Diana was a fan of... Yes, she Rocky. was. Wrong, it was a cardboard model. Ah, and my first instinct was right. False. He wasn't supposed to have a French accent. Oh, man. We were wrong there. Good to know. Correct about the time warp. Correct about extraterrestrial. Of course. <laughs> wrong. It was six weeks they shot ah! the movie. Wow. Um, Science, Science teacher. teacher is correct. Correct. We're doing good. Oh, Lorelai Shark was the lips. Charles Atlas muscle ads. Oh, great. It was false about the... Rules about props. Yeah, some people probably just snuck in whatever they wanted. About props, and they just kind of seventies were wild time. Yeah, that's true. I have to remember. And it was true. This was Tim Curry's first debut on the silver screen. Oh, uh, wow! Crazy. Correct riffraff. Correct Ohio. Correct tire blows out. Janet, and that's the end. All right. Okay. We did pretty good. I think there were some really tough ones. Odd mix of like basic knowledge about the movie yeah. and then like really intense background about the production of the movie. So true. So, so true. So let's take it to some more music. We're going to just do one more and come back a little star check-in moment after mm-hmm. that. But this next up is a real short one. Uh, Hocus Pocus, I Put a Spell on You. Put a spell on you Because you're mine Stop the things you do (laughs) Would ya?
the things you do. <laughs> What's up? Grinded Rose. <laughs> we're just, you know, chatting like some ghouls. Over it was here. a short song. We weren't okay, ready. We were guard. caught off guard. <laughs> Our next song is even shorter, but. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to. Yep. <laughs> well, Elise, <laughs> we generally, as we do, like mm. to look at the stars, have a little check in, see how we're doing. Yeah. In these COVID times of Miss Rona, it can be a little challenging to, you know, see how we're doing. So let's just check in. Do a basic a basic reading. Yeah, let's see what what's going on. We're in our second tech week of three tech weeks. In three weeks. <laughs> in three weeks. Last week we opened Bus Stop, an original play by Najee Brown, and that was fantastic. It's great, extremely well received. Opening night was, I think, such a huge confidence boost for those ladies because they got such a reception. Yes, oh, it was great. And this week we open a very special production of Last Five Years um, that opens this weekend. And it's starring Raquel and Shayna. Guys, it's stupid good. We watched Tech last night and just screamed the whole time because it was unreal. I just, they literally, they they ran it and they were like, you know, we've been going really hard. It's a vocally challenging show. We're probably just going to mark it a little bit vocally, which means like they're going to ease off, like still the same, you know, physical energy, but maybe not reaching all the same high notes that they would if they're really pushing themselves. No, it was a freaking Broadway level (laughs) performance. (laughs) We were all screaming. It was so good. It's so good. This one isn't live stream. So unfortunately, if you are not comfortable coming into the theater, which I really like, I can't fault you for, but our safety measures are, are truly, I'm very pleased and confident with them. Um, but that's the only way to see this magic. So and then next week we open Roar of the Grease Paint Smell of the Crowd. And then the week after we start interchanging all three of them. Mm-hmm. So there'll be weekends of Bus Stop and Last Five and weekends of Roar and Last Five. And they'll mm-hmm. all start to swap around with each other for the next couple of weeks. So right. if you didn't see one that you've been wanting to, you could do a weekend of it and come on a Friday, a Just Saturday and a Sunday. Just full weekend and, and see. see the full gamut. Yes. They'll be <laughs> happening all over. And then we do that for a couple of weeks and then we switch to three new ones. So. Got a whole lot coming up. Woo. So we are in the middle of a lot over here. And so thusly, I think the stars probably have a lot to say about what's going on with us right probably. now. Probably. They always say terrible <laughs> things to me. CoStar likes to drag Elise every week. Oh, man. So. so here we go. I just opened up my CoStar and mine uh, I have not looked at yet today. And it's already ready to come from my throat. Um, and it starts with Zachary. There are many things that you no longer know how to do. Eek. Wow. <laughs> and it says, I, um, today through tomorrow, are you feeling existentially driven? 
Today, you are able to stay the course. It isn't magic. It comes from the years you've spent learning to endure the unknown. Surrendering will serve you well right now. Do alchemy billboards, nettles, don't ashes, bookcases, poetry. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Your desire to change this month depends on your ability to free yourself from stifling relationship that you have with self-doubt. Ooh, that's real. That's... This is not a small feat for a person who gets edgy when their routine is disrupted. Practice ruthless internal classification. The broader focus of your life during this time is to use your excess empathy to lend emotional support to others. Life does not ever cease to have meaning, even though suffering, even though, even through suffering, even in death. Dang. So for those that don't know, I'm a Pisces sun, Leo moon, Scorpio rising, and that's real for me right now. I think that this time I was just thinking about, we're approaching one year of me being employed here of us both working here for a whole year. Wow. You're right. <laughs> we are quickly, Holy cow. we are quickly approaching that. And yeah, it feels end of October for me. Eight months of that year have been on fire. And so. truly talk and- about trial by fire guys. Like <laughs> nothing can stand in our way at this point. Although I shudder to even say those words out loud. Holy um, Moses. But I think that that feeling of self-doubt that Kosar is talking about is this constant feeling that I'm still figuring out how to do what I do. You know, after a year, it's it's just like a... Well, you've never had a real actual fair shot at doing yeah. the job in the way that it's meant to be done. It's, it's like patching constant holes. crisis control and yeah. yeah, it's just nuts. So I'm finally feeling a little bit more routine and regularity as we approach the third of this tiny block season. <laughs> Which is wild because we're literally doing like... power (laughs) power uh productions right now and it's something that i um am learning to become more and more okay with but is something that in myself getting rid of some of that doubt is a challenge you're a star oh we love you so much this is giving us some asmr target bag realness (laughs) i don't know i'm like the kid at the end of the class where it's the bell hasn't rung yet but i'm like all right get your stuff together Elise, what does Miss Costar have to say about you? Right. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Here we go. Uh, first and foremost, don't let your stubbornness stand in your way today. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, it also goes on to say that I'm having trouble with routine, spirituality, social life, and self. Okay. And then, are you feeling accessible? Today, you're able to face your inner turmoil. It's not luck. It's the years you've spent dealing with vulnerability. Look at it and sitting with all of your feelings will serve you well right now. Okay. It says do acceptance, variety and licorice. Okay. What? And then don't murky red campfires and conspire. Oh, fascinating. If you murder someone in the woods. Yeah, I guess so. If you hit all updates at the bottom, it gives you a. um, Oh, I should do that. The first paragraph should be the one you already read. But then. Okay. This month, you are ready to find a safe place to work out your foundational trauma. Wow. This is a commendable move for someone who is pathologically secretive. Now is a good time to construct a solid home inside yourself so that you stop looking for a home in everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) Your main main challenge right now is to expose yourself to truths. Oh, this is all still the same that it's always been. Ah, Being generous and honest with yourself is the key to cultivating a good reputation. When problems arise, ask if you are being selfish. Wow. 
And I think that even I've been my year this last year and this year is probably my own mantra has been like, be happy with the person that I am myself. Mm -hmm, And then like, mm -hmm. you know, I used to be the person that was always like, oh, if I'm not in a relationship, I'm kind of a But now it's like, no, you have be happy a relationship with, my own. with 20 people and it's called the staff of the Seacoast Repertory Theater. No, but even then, <laughs> even then, like being happy with my own like meat sack and then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Finding someone else who's also happy with their own meat sack. <clears throat> and then and being then happy with each other's meat sacks <laughs> and, and uh, not yeah. being dependent on the other meat sack to yeah. like give you happiness. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like a Venn diagram where the overlap is the smallest part. Yes. Because you're all yeah, of, the, of the meat sack. Yes. No. <laughs> but that's that's the important is being like happy and confident with mm. yourself is like yeah. the first big hurdle. And that's what I hear when they're like building your own house before like building other people's houses. Is like being happy with your own house. I'm super bad at sack. that. Super bad at that. <laughs> before you I work on someone else's meat every sack. person's house I've ever met. And then meanwhile, I have like a tarp and some newspapers on the ground (laughs) (laughs) over me. (laughs) Co-star is telling you this is what you got to focus on. Yeah, my foundational trauma. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, while we think about this for a little bit, we have a nice short little 50 second song for Mm -hmm. you from the cult classic Spamalot or Monty Python of the Um, Holy Grail. Yeah, Monty Python. This is Brave Sir Robin. Enjoy. bold Sir Robin rode forth from Camelot. He was not afraid to die, oh brave Sir Robin. He was not at all afraid to be killed in nasty ways. Brave, 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 brave Sir Robin. He was not in the least bit scared to be mashed into a pulp. Or to have his eyes gouged out and his elbows broken. To have his kneecap split and his body burned away. And his limbs all hacked and mangled, brave Sir Robin. His head smashed in and his heart cut out and his liver removed and his bowels unplugged and his nostrils raped and his bottom burned off and his penis split and his... That's... that's enough music for now, lads. Welcome back. (laughs) Nice little... Classic. Hope you got a couple breaths in before... good British humor right there. And back in high school, I was Sir Robin and Spamalot, so that really just brought me back. Love it. It's a good time. We're going to have to, at a future bump grind, I want to review my production of Aladdin Jr. Yes. From middle school. We'll put it on the list. When I was a seventh grader playing Aladdin. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have to watch that and then come in and review it. Amazing. I he could yeah and oh, uh, they videotaped it so I have like a DVD yes of it so oh, to watch so it. good yes well thank you if you're with us today on our 22nd episode of Bump Grind and Rose thank you so much for joining yes. us as always we so appreciate your support and the Seacoast Rep um, supports all of the so thankful for the support you're giving us in our shows right now and um, everything that we're doing. So if you're interested in learning more about what's going on, all the shows that we have coming up right now and in the future, check out our website, seacoastrep.org. You can find all of our shows. Some are live streamed, some are in person, some are just in person. um, And you can find all of that information up on our website. 
Also, our Facebook is probably a good location for some of the events that we're doing, like at the pop-up stage in Portsmouth or... Oh, yeah. There's so much happening right now. We've got cabarets, and I know some of the youth programming is performing over at the pop-up that's on the Bridge Street Uh lot. We might have Um, some concerts coming up of some very special shows over there that I will be drinking at. Zach, in particular, is very excited. If you remember our... ABBA episode (laughs) that might give you a little bit of a hinty Ooh, and I will be in the front row scream singing yes the whole time yes so get ready wearing a giant Uh, hat yes so (laughs) with that please leave us a rating or review on Spotify or Apple podcasts tell your kids tell your friends tell Tell your wife tell your mom tell your dog dog. Shout out to our listeners that are from far away. We looked the other day and we have some Ireland listeners. We have some Japan listeners. If that was a happy accident, you just happened to stumble upon our recordings. Bless you. But also we're wicked cool. So keep listening. Yeah, we're, we're, the, <laughs> we're the best. So shout out. And also um, check us out. Yeah. And um, leave us. Uh, what am I trying to say? Follow us on Instagram. There it is. Follow us on, on Yes. <laughs> the, the, the typical sign off of Bum Crying and Rose. <laughs> I am, so much of this like <sighs> at, I am at Z Ahmed Cologne. Figure out how to spell it. It's in the show notes. <laughs> and Elise, you are at Elise Coco. No, no. And with that, we have one last song for you and it's from Rocky Horror Picture Show as well. It's a classic. Hoppatootie, Bless My Soul, as sung by Meatloaf. Bye, y'all.